Before Sarah discovered chumbacasino.com, she enjoyed chamomile tea. Come on, big jackpot. And being in PJs by six. Let's go. The new fun Sarah often thinks about the old boring Sarah and wonders if that Sarah ever really existed. Chumba Casino has over a hundred casino style games. So join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. No purchase necessary. We were created by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Meet Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as premium unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes. And that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob. He's Kyle. And every Saturday morning, they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. All right. Good Saturday morning to you. We're the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 are the numbers to get in. Get in early. These lines like to fill up, fill up quick. Let's get these cars fixed. It's a nice day out. It's been a nice week. If it isn't fixed yet, we got to get it done today, tomorrow. Well, I guess next week's going to be pretty good, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're... Temperature's pretty moderate. I think we're done with these 100-degree days. I know I'm done with them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, we're... We're Buchanan Service Centers, 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, guaranteed brakes, 49th Avenue and Dodge. We're on Dodge. We fix cars. We fix cars for you, everybody in town. No reason to break down on Dodge. We're just a phone call away. Big week in the shop this week. We've been just nonstop going. Yeah. Busy, busy, busy. And we're seeing, you know, normally this time of year we see lack of maintenance stuff, you know, stuff people have put off all summer. You get the occasional overheat. Yeah, but we're seeing everything. It uh, yeah, I'm still doing air conditioning jobs. Big air conditioning jobs, big engine jobs. Yeah, it's uh, kind of amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here this week I'm going to have a few engines torn all the way down and put back together, and new parts that are just buried inside the engine that very well could have been outside the engine. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your designer thing. Yeah, I mean it, speaking. Speaking of big weeks here, Nebraska police had a big week. Pulled over a, well, it looks like an early 2000s Crown Victoria. Was missing its roof and half the windshield. Do you know why? Why was that? They had a giant bull in the car. No bull. Named, yeah. <laughs> Howdy Doody the bull was spotted riding shotgun in this <laughs> car going down the highway. Up by, looks like Norfolk. Uh, police pulled over drivers a bull riding shotgun. Is that il- I don't is that illegal to have a bull? I don't, you haul him in a trailer. I mean, they don't pull you over. Yeah, I mean, I mean he's kind of you know he's not restrained in any kind of way. It looks like there's some kind of a makeshift gate on the side of this car, and clearly, I mean, I looking at the size of Howdy Doody here, I mean, you know, I he's in a passenger car if he didn't have a seatbelt on, you know. Yeah. So that that could be a, a vitate a citation. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at this modification here. I mean, if 
Pretty ingenious. Anything were to run out in front of this Crown Victoria and the airbag would go off, I think that Howdy Doody would probably have an instant response to this not going well for the car or anything around it. You know, the door he put on there looks pretty safe. <coughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's well-built looking. I mean, yeah. Maybe there was no rodeo clown. Maybe that's why they didn't they had to pull him over. Well, I don't have a picture of the driver here. Oh, but, that's true. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> Yeah, I vividly remember growing up um, not too far from here and um, having to get some goats from one place to another and my mom um, making the car that transportation for the goats. <laughs> and uh, we visited a drive through on the way where the employees were nothing but shocked. Thank God for that. <laughs> Haven't forgot about that, Mom. I know you're listening. Here we are 25 years later. <laughs> Goats in the car. Rehashing this. And, uh, all in the back seat? Did you have to put some in the trunk? No, they were they were kind of just all over. You know how goats are. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a four-door sedan or a wagon? No, it was a two-door. Two, oh. Yeah, it was a old 98. So you had door. to hold the seat forward for them so they could get back there. <coughs> oh, goats will get wherever they want to go. I've We figured that out. But, yeah, fun times. Yeah, you can put animals in the car and drive around. I mean, there's dogs and cars that come in all the time. But, you know, yeah. the farm animals... That's you're branching out there. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was just like that. Well, lady took that pet squirrel on the airplane. You Wasn't know, that a Ray Stevens song? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> the squirrel went berserk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Squirrels on airplanes. I mean, there was that movie Snakes on a Plane. I mean, you can yeah. transport animals any way you want. Yeah. If you got a story about that, please call in. Let us know. Hopefully, not everybody's watching football. I know that they just kicked off, but I mean, there's car repair to do. I mean, I got a TV in the garage, so I could multitask. We've had a few animals in the uh, underneath the hood of cars. You had a possum not too long. Not ago. too long ago, we had a possum, raccoons, and they were still alive. Yeah, yeah, Pl- that's plenty of mice. Plenty of mice. That rabbit that one time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I go to change the oil on the car, and you know most cars have a skid panel underneath there. So I was like, okay, you know, zip this down. Carry it down. Here comes this rabbit shooting out of there. Yep. Like Run right coming out of, the out of a cannon. <laughs> blows right by my face. <laughs> and the apprentice we had at the time's like, is that a rabbit? Yep. I do believe it was. Right out, cross all the gas pumps, right across Dodge Street. Nobody bats an eye. Nope. Didn't get hit. <laughs> Normal day in our world at the gas station. <laughs> Pretty much anymore. So. Yep. I mean, the ga- bringing up the gas station, I mean, I was in a conversation with a guy the other day about the history or the, not, well, kind of the history, but where auto shops are going. And Carl, I mean, you, you've you seen it all. I yeah. mean, you started in the time where you had a suspension shop, you had an exhaust shop, you had a brake shop, you had guys that only specialized in carburetors. Welding, yep. And carburetor tune-up shops. Yeah, you had radiator shops. Yep, there was oh, a special shop shops. for any aspect of the car. And yeah, you know, as the calendar rolls by, we've kind of condensed all that down into one shop. You do it all in one place. <clears throat> and now we're getting into electric cars. And you know, talking about yep. the automotive platform going solely electric within the next 20 years, what does that mean for our shops? Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know of any independents that are even set up to do electric yet 
or, you know, there's been some brief talk about what it takes. You're definitely going to want a rubber-coated floor. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they have their own special tools that go along with these electric cars, but that's one thing I just don't know where we're going to be going with that if, you know, they're going to have their own specialty shop. Yeah, you know, because right now we don't even have much information on them. None. We get tires for some things, but none of them want to talk to you. Yeah, I mean, you're talking, I mean, not even just the electric cars, hybrid cars. Yeah. You know, any of these newer cars coming out, you know, and that's always kind of been a thing. You know, we've always been, oh, let's say two to five years behind the dealerships and everything just because they got to cover warranty. And if it's under warranty, why should they give us the information? Right. But, I mean, these cars, I mean, we're seeing six, eight-year-old cars that I can't even find a wiring diagram for. And if I do get one, it's some generic. Incorrect or, or, yeah, wrong color codes. So, I mean, it's definitely the market is turning. It's changing a lot to where, you know, we used to have a library in a shop. Yeah. To say the least, full of manuals for everything and this and that. And now we all have it on computer and we can't get the information because they don't technically have to release it to us. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see kind of where things go. And, I mean, all these classes that we have to do every year to keep up on what's new. <coughs> I mean, they're even having some trouble. The instructors finding the correct information or even a theory of operation on some things or some aspects of these cars to tell us, you know, how does this work and what kind of issues are we going to see? You know, and we're talking about two, three-year-old cars here that have been on the market. I mean, there's yeah. plenty of time for testing here. be kind of interesting to see what kind of schools come up over the new electric cars. Yeah. You know, yeah. Ford and GM Chrysler should have something, I would think. Yeah. I'm waiting on... You know, because Jeep has that new 4xE that we haven't seen before and a plug-in hybrids. Done plenty of schools about hybrids. You know, Toyota was kind of the front runner of hybrids, Yep. you know, way back 20 years ago with the Prius. And, you know, when that thing came out, everybody, oh, my God, what are we going to yeah. do? Don't this buy one of those. Tough. There's thousands of them on the lot. <laughs> I mean, they had their issues right away, and now, I mean, we see – very little issues and they cover everything so i mean we haven't really gotten a lot of look into these hybrid systems being independents because one the dealerships cover them under such a great warranty and two i mean in in the case of toyota anyway they're making a great product yeah something that can withstand all four (coughs) seasons and Mm -hmm. And I just saw a commercial yesterday. Kevin Bacon's in it, actually. That's what got my attention. You know, got to be a Kevin Bacon fan with Tremors and every other great movie he's got. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's doing uh, commercials for Hyundai's new electric car. Really? Yeah. And it doesn't look like too far of a drift from the Elantra, but they're rating it at 360 miles per charge. Capable. Oh, I mean, the commercial said capable of charging in 18 minutes. Up to 90%, you know, give or take in the real world what that is. I mean, marketing's marketing. But seems- I, just, I seen something the other day that uh, when we had that extreme heat, they told everybody don't charge your car in the middle of the day 
because it'll overheat the grid. Hmm. Okay. That was on the news. Hmm. I think Roger played that for us. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's look into that a little bit here. We're going to have to take a quick break. That'll give me something to read about. Anyway, give, give us a call here, 558-1110. We can handle it. All right. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Ted Gasket, and this is your breaking mechanic news for Saturday, July 27th. Electric cars for electric people. Elon Musk is once again leading the way in car technology by announcing his new electric cars that will be able to plug right into a person's brain. Yes, through a simple USB cable, you can plug the car into your head and run it completely with your mind. We actually have live footage of the first human test of this groundbreaking technology. Let's listen in. Okay. I'm plugging the car into my brain now. It sounded like he was having fun. Oh, science. <laughs> I'm Ted Gasket, and this has been your Mechanic News for Saturday, July 27th. All right. Welcome back to the show. We're the Mr. Mechanic Show. About halfway through, we got time for plenty of calls. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. Get in anytime. You're the only guy waiting on you. <laughs> Give us a call. We can help you. So I was thinking here off the air. So you were talking about the power grid loading up with these electric cars and the heat. I mean, we're yeah. getting that here in Nebraska. I mean, yeah. we get, you know, crazy heat for a couple weeks at a time maybe, and that's it for the end of the year. I mean, what do they do in Arizona, California, Texas, Texas yeah. any of these sweltering hot states that we have? I mean, and not only that, I mean, this is – the start i mean electric cars are still in their infancy yeah you know here in 10 years i mean i can predict pretty much i mean we'll see 50 percent more electric cars out here maybe more i would say maybe a lot so, yeah. more yeah, what's that, that going to do for us every manufacturer is getting in on the game so <clears throat> and not only that i mean what's that going to do for our hot rod and car show guys because i mean you know we're seeing it's always one of those things you know for years, you know, going back from, you know, the 50s, 60s, 70s, everybody, you got to put a V8 in everything and make V8 everything cool. And, you know, loud exhaust and, you know. You know, and I'm pretty sure that if you Google it, you could find a small block Chevy put in anything. I've seen them in lawn tractors. And, you know, now the Chevy has the LS platform. Everybody's doing that. And now I'm reading that there's a company um, in California that is making an electric drive motor that can be swapped into anything that'll fit a V8. I'll be darned. And you put this whole thing in, it's your entire thing, and you get a switch panel to run it and a battery, and you have an electric car. And they, their test car was like a 60 Impala, something like that. Huh. All electric. I don't know that I'd want to do that. I mean, you know, you can't rev up an electric car and hear your glass packs or your headers or... You know, no, yeah, you can put in a good sound system. <laughs> it's just not hey. the same, though. <laughs> yeah, you can run a 110 sound system, I suppose. Yeah, it's just not the same. And I mean, I get it. I mean, somebody's got to do it. I mean, that's what hot rodding is it's being innovative and coming up with something new. But I don't know. The, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. 
I mean, it's something else you could put a cool paint job on. Yeah. I mean, it kind of looks yeah. like a rocket underneath the hood. So, I mean, I guess you could paint it to look like something <laughs> fun like that. I don't know. It's just my opinion. Uh, let's talk to Chris about that. He's got a general question about warranties. Chris, what do you got for us? Hi. Uh, first time uh, caller. Bob, uh, I've brought a few vehicles into uh, your uh, shop. Okay. Uh, lately, I just had the uh, black Ford Focus with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to get rid of that sucker now. But uh, <laughs> my general question for you is, so the vehicles that we do have are a little newer. 2020 is the uh, Ford Explorer that we have. But our, our extended warranty just expired. Sure. Should that be something that we continue to pay for with vehicles these days, with all the electronics and who knows what's going on? I recommend it. I do it. Okay. I mean, it's peace of mind. I mean, a lot of them will cover... Just find a good one that covers you and be sure and read the fine print and ask the salesman, will this cover the electronics and computers in this car? Yeah. Because some will not. Some of them won't. They'll cover, like, maybe the diagnostic for these units, but they won't cover the unit themselves. So be sure you read into it. And there's some really good aftermarket warranty companies out there, and I can't stress it enough how expensive – these repairs are when you get into a digital screen, a controller, you know, a computer in a car, not to mention any mm-hmm. of the 8 million miles of wiring that go along with that. So, I mean, sure. arm yourself with as much coverage as you possibly can. Okay. That's, that's my recommendation. Well, I appreciate it, and I appreciate you guys always having a, the available time to bring in my numerous junkers that I have. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks All a right. lot, Chris. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Kyle. Bye. All right. We're going to head to Jeff. Jeff's got a Pontiac with the AC question. Jeff, what do you got for us today? Well, my daughter's got a 2008 Pontiac G6 that uh, hadn't been doing good on the air conditioning early in the year. We uh, got it checked. They said the coolant was a little low. Uh, They topped that off. There were no leaks. And uh, when it was 100 degrees, there was... Like zero air conditioning coming out. So what should we be looking for? Okay, so that's it's a common problem to see. So where I'm going to start with that under the hood, I'm going to turn the system on. I'm going to get the engine warmed up, turn the AC on high. I'm going to go out there. The first thing I'm going to look at is the front of that compressor. Is the clutch engaged? Is my clutch spinning on the front, or is the front of that compressor pulley stationary? If the clutch is spinning, the next thing I'm going to do, I'm going to find the biggest aluminum line I got under the hood. That's the low side, and I'm going to put my hand on it. Is it cold? It should be, on a hot day, it should be cold to the touch, very cold, frosting. Sweating like crazy. Sweating. Like, imagine a glass of ice water sitting out. It should look like that. If those things aren't doing that, if your clutch isn't spinning, I'm going to check power and ground to it. That's all you need on that car to get that clutch to spin is good 12 volts or alternator voltage, 13.5 to 14.5, and a ground. If you don't have either of those, then you got to look electronically. If you do have those in your circuit and that clutch still isn't spinning, then that compressor's failed. Now, say your compressor is, your clutch is engaged and it's spinning, and that low side isn't cold then it's low on Freon, and you have a leak somewhere. <coughs> Those are about your only two scenarios. 
Is it cold when it's cooler out? Is your, All right, well, that gives us something to look at. Mm-hmm. So when it's cold out, or like a morning like this morning, is it cold inside the car? Or do you just get like an ambient temperature? Ambient temperature. Okay, okay. so your AC isn't working. No. Nope. Um, so, yeah, I would check that clutch. If that clutch isn't spinning, your system's not ever going to be cold. So start with that. Make sure your low side line's getting cold, and go from there. All right, thanks. You got it. All right, with Jeff dropping off, gives you a chance to call in. 558-1110. We'll be back after the break. The- All right, we are back. Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 are the numbers to get in. Give us a call. There's got to be a car broken somewhere. I can feel it. I just get this sense. Yeah. Anytime I'm around a broken car, that there's yep. a broken car. You know what I mean? There, yeah. I bet there is at least one. Yeah. Call us up, 558-1110. Let's talk to Larry a little bit. Larry's got that 90 Ford Taurus SHO. Larry, we haven't heard from you in a while. What's new? Well, I bought some deer whistles at a garage sale, and I was wondering if they were right and left specific. They're, they're different. One of them's got a hole through the middle of it, and the other one doesn't. Your deer whistles for the bumper? Yeah. I don't know if they're right and left specific. I mean, there's... As long as they're on there facing forward, I think that's all you're looking for. Okay. Yeah, I think that'll do it. One doesn't have a hole through it? Yeah, one side's got a hole through it. The other side does not. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not up on my deer whistles. Um, I wonder what those sound like at 60 miles an hour. I know we can't hear them. Um, I did see one thing on a... Uh, an advertisement where the guy uh, zip tied a harmonica to his bumper. <laughs> that might help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, do you guys and you guys install parts that I walk in the door with and say, "Hey, put this on my car"? No, I'm sure we can help you out sometime. You know, if we got time, let's no one around, I'm sure. Let's go ahead of time. We can help you out. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I was just wondering. Some, some mechanics have a problem with me buying parts and wanting them to install them. Yeah. yeah. And I tell them you don't have to warn it. Right. Sure. Yeah, in the case of your deer whistles, that's no big deal. But, I mean, if we're talking about an engine or something, I mean, maybe give me a call ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I was getting at. I, I was going to buy an engine years ago and have a have this shop installed. And he says, oh, no, we don't, we don't do that. We don't install parts that you come in the door with. Yeah, I mean. And, yeah. And an engine's going to be, be a big labor item. So you buy an engine, we put it in, or whoever puts it in, and it don't work, you have to pay the labor all over again. So there's a little sure. bit about something It's a gamble, big yeah. Like that. yeah. But as long as you know sure, you're going in, I mean, yeah, no big deal. Yeah, at the time I was going to buy an engine from the show shop out in California, and okay. he wasn't he wouldn't have no part of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that I can see because, I mean, there's a lot of gray area in an engine. You know, what are you getting? Is it yeah. new? I mean, if it's a new crate engine, I mean, sure, you got a company that will stand behind it. That's right. not such a big deal. But yeah. when people come in with a engine from the U-Pullet yard in the back seat and want it put in and, <laughs> you know, we kind of got to – there's a couple questions. Yeah. But, yeah, sure. I mean, if you got an alternator or something, yeah, we could help you out with that, right. Larry. Radiators, whatever. Yeah. No big okay. deal. Let's keep this show on the road. 
<laughs> Literally. A Subaru. Absolutely. I'm working all the bugs out of it, trying to repaint the right front fender now. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm doing you, a lot of prep work. Using a paintbrush or a puff can? Uh, so far, I've just sprayed sandable primer on it. Okay. Sure. And keep sanding it down. So I've shot four cans on it so far. <laughs> yeah, you got to start with a good, clean surface, and from there, go through there. Go with an epoxy primer. That's what I always use. You know, if you got some. Okay, well, I got some primer sealer. I'm going to shoot on it when I when I get her down to level enough. Oh yeah, smooth yeah. enough. Get after it. Make it nice. All right. Good to talk to you, Larry. Thanks for the call. Thanks, sir. You, you got it. All right. Let's head over to Travis. Travis has a Subaru. I know a little something about uh, Subarus. He's worked on one or two of those. Yeah. What do you got for us, Travis? Yes, I have a uh, 2002 Subaru WRX that um, I put a Japanese engine in, and I'm getting a crank no start. Okay. And I'm just trying to figure out how to check spark on these Subarus with the coil on plug, and they're running right into the frame rails on, on the outside of the engine because the boxer engine style. Mm-hmm. And just seeing, I mean, I was thinking about just checking the wires going to the coil, the three wires. Versus putting something in line like sometimes I do, but uh, just seeing what you guys' thoughts on that, and then checking fuel pressure on this thing when it doesn't have a Schrader valve, I'm thinking I'm going to have to tee into a fuel line. Correct. And, okay, so and, um, so let's start from the beginning. So you want to check spark. So there's three wires at that coil. Can you? Are you going to plug a test light into there and know exactly you have spark? No, you're not. To test those wires. You're going to have to have a a scope, a lab scope, an ignition scope, something with a pattern on it because that's what you're looking for. The easiest thing and what I always do is you're going to take the motor mount out and jack that motor up a little bit on one side, and then you can pull your coil pack out, have somebody crank it. You'll know right away if you have spark. (coughs) So you said you put a motor in it, and that's when your problem started, right? Yeah, because I had a motor that I bought this car uh, in in bad shape. Someone the timing belt broke on it. Someone threw a timing belt back at it. Had a bent valve in the head, so I took the heads in, and uh, I bought a separate engine, thinking I'll just put the separate engine in, and uh, that engine actually had the same problem. So I took the heads in that off the original motor, got them rebuilt, threw them on the engine that I bought because apparently it was lower miles, Mm -hmm. and it was a Japanese Japanese engine. So there's a couple changes there I had to make with the American engine and swap that stuff over. So I, I also need to make sure if I'm not getting spark, making sure I have the right cam and crank sensors. Cam sensors are very important on that. Well, uh, not, not the, the Jap- sensor Jap- so much, there. but the sprocket. You're right. And I swapped in the American sprockets. And um, I can't remember if I if I kept American sensors in it. So that's another thing. That's something that's very big because in... They all look the same, but I know about every two years, Subaru changes their pattern for those sensors. Yeah. So it's important. If you're going to change the sprocket, you got to change the sprocket and the sensor. They have to match. Yeah. If they don't, you're going to end up with an issue like you got now. Right. <clears throat> and can be difficult to test because I've run into them where I've got good fuel, I've got spark, but it's not firing on time. You'll uh-huh. get spark, but it's firing about 40 degrees 
after top dead center, you're never going to run. Yep. So, right. I mean, that's something where you'll need a scope to kind of tell you. But, I mean, if you have all your parts there, just go back to the parts that you knew ran those sprockets right. because they'll all interchange. I mean, you can yeah, go clear back to 95, 96, and they'll all interchange, but they won't work. Yep. So just and make then sure another you... question mm-hmm. I have is um, these uh, injectors are buried on these engines, mm-hmm. and hooking up a Noid light to them seems to be difficult, about impossible, unless there's some sort of trick that I'm not seeing. What I do is I go if I rarely do I ever see a Noid problem with a Subaru, but what I do on any car that the injectors are buried on because it's not just Subaru, it's anything. Go back in your harness. You know, you can get a wiring diagram offline and even go back to your computer, but in that car it's under the dash, so that's pretty hard. But there's a big bulkhead connector at the back of your engine. And all four of your injectors are going to have one common wire to it. I can't remember the color of it here, but I can probably tell you soon. But... uh, They're going to have one wire that's constant 12 volts to it, and then there's going to be four different wires that are going to have a flashing ground, and these you can test with a test light. (coughs) So just find a spot back in the harness because your injection harness is going to be somewhat separate than everything else, and you can find, you know, your common wire and then find your other four ground wires and just test those with a test light. And if you got a solid power and you got a flashing ground, that's really all you need. Sounds good. But, uh, yeah, that, that's where I'm at on it. It sounds like what you guys are telling me is going to be helpful. Lift that engine up, mm-hmm. check for spark. And uh, I know the wiring harnesses on these Subarus are kind of nice because you can take the whole separate the whole engine wiring harness from the car and it comes out with the engine. So yeah, right. be sure you uh, that big bulkhead connector that's on the back passenger side, be sure that that thing's clean and tight. Okay. Because <clears throat> if they aren't locked together tight, and sometimes they'll jump, they, they got that weird lock. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can, I guess, cross-thread it with that lock, and they, they aren't actually tight. So give that a good look at, too. Sounds good. Thank you guys for your help. You bet, Travis. Thanks for the call. Good luck. Yep. Bye. All right, with Travis dropping off, gives you a chance to call in. We're going to take a quick break here on the Mr. Mechanic Show. All right, we are back. It's Mr. Mechanic time. Final leg of our show. Let's see what we got here. Rex, let's go to Rex. Rex, what do you got for me this morning? Well, I've got a farm tractor that the air conditioner wasn't working right on, so I put Freon in it, and it kept taking more Freon. Mm-hmm. And it turned out to be the condenser was plugged in the top of the cab. Okay. So I got all that cleaned out, and I had to take part of the Freon out, and I was wanting to know, how do I tell if the Freon level's correct? Well, I don't want it overcharged or undercharged, right? Yeah, I mean, I take it you're dealing with a R134A system? Is that the Yeah, so it was converted over, yeah, it was a 12 to start with. But it, okay, so it is a 12. It's a different compressor on, so it's 
134 now. Okay, so you have to convert it over. Do you know the original spec for R12? Pardon me? Did you know how much originally went in it? Is there a sticker or anything on it? Okay. So, I mean, with 134A, I mean, you're getting more specific. I mean, with R12, I mean, basically we just hook up a tank and some gauges to it, start adding and look at your gauge until your pressures seem right. Yeah. I mean, you're going to want a little bit of head pressure and, you know, probably somewhere if the compressor's running 30, 40 PSI on your low side. I mean, that's okay. great for R12, but, I mean, with 134, I mean, you got a really narrow window there as to, you know, are we getting cold enough? Are we undercharged? If we're overcharged, we're going to be blowing hot air at it. Um, you know, it's really yeah, going to be... It's, it's working pretty good when it was about 90, when it got up towards 100. Of course, the mag tractors have a lot of glass in them, you know, so... Yeah, yeah that is... I still think it, it's still not where it should be, but I don't know whether... Do you have a set of gauges? More in or take it? I do have. Okay, so I mean, with and they were both running about sixty or seventy low end. Okay, that's not right. No, your high side should be two fifty, two seventy five, three. Yeah, on a hundred degree day, I mean, you should be easily seeing two hundred, two fifty out of your yeah. high side. So on the high. Yeah. Uh, okay. If I were you, I mean, if you got your system drained, I mean. There's got to be some kind of an, an expansion valve on there somewhere or an orifice tube. I'm going to guess since this is an integrated system it's and it's R12, you're going to have an expansion valve with a capillary tube. Make sure your compressor is turning. Yeah. I mean, if your compressor isn't running, I mean, you're dead in the water to begin with. But, I mean, if you got 60 well, it, pounds. It's kicking in and out. But okay. So we can assume it, that that's well, working. And the orifice valve and all was changed. Uh, we did all that when we converted it. So, okay, so yeah. maybe find that orifice tube or orifice valve. Should be an expansion valve if I remember right on those. But hit it with a hammer. See if that changes anything. You start getting some head pressure in there. Okay. But yeah, otherwise, I mean, with six. So I should be. What'd you say? Two thirty or something on the high side, and yeah. what on the low side? 30 or 40, if that compressor's okay. pulling See, I, it down. I didn't, you know, I couldn't get it down that low, come to think of it. It was like 50 or 60 on the low. Because, I mean, a good yeah. kind of shade tree mechanic rule of thumb, whatever your low side pressure is should be your EVAP temperature. <clears throat> so, I mean, if you're getting down to 60, your evaporator's 60 degrees, I mean, with a tractor with windows all around you, you're probably yeah. not going to feel. You're going to sweat that great yeah. in there so we need to get this compressor pulling that down so either okay. you know we got a defective orifice tube or expansion valve or we've got a free on weight issue <coughs> okay yeah okay. Uh, give me a place to start yeah Thank you. hopefully Appreciate we helped you out there rex well give it a whirl sure <laughs> thanks for the call all right let's head over to joe here quick joe's got a mazda what do you got for us joe I've got a uh, uh, 98 Mazda B4000, <coughs> and I got a P1151 code. Mm-hmm. And so I changed out the uh, the uh, oxygen sensor uh, on on the uh, driver's side, and it didn't fix it. So, um, do you have any suggestions? Any and I've sprayed. What year um, is it again? Carb- it's a 98. 98. 
Ooh, yeah. you're getting what's your code so definition? Is that a lean condition? It, it's yeah, it's a lean condition. Okay, so and what was it? Again? But it still runs beautifully. So oh, what was the code again? One one five one. Hmm. So it's pretty much so you've got a lean condition. I mean, we've got to look at where I'm going to start is fuel inject fuel. <clears throat> Do we have too much fuel pressure? Is our regulator not working? Uh, I've not no. I haven't tested it, mm-hmm. so um, I I haven't done any tests. I don't. Okay. I I've kind of looked to see how to do that, and I've got um, and I've sprayed carb cleaner all over the intake and the sure. hoses, uh, and I haven't seen any change in the idle. Okay. Okay. It's been running really good. Otherwise, I tell you what, let me take this call here off the air. We're wrapping up the show here real quick. Um, yeah, that's what we got for this week. I'm Kyle. I'm Carl. We'll see you next week. was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.